This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, speaking of $2 million out the gate, that's about what it costs. Uh, to get James Ham here to join yeah, us at ESPN right. 1320. Right. Just so it was it was about equal to your contract, if I remember well, correctly. Th- what? James, during his negotiation period, said, I want one penny more than Kenny <laughs> Carraway. We were like, all right, James, we got to we gotta do it. Um, so here we are, James I got that Hamm. Jerry Rice deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a top paid wide receiver. Always. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's that see James won't get this, but that's the Scott Hall Kevin Nash deal. That's the that's the favored nations deal where isn't, if anyone came to WCW, those two had to be paid more. Isn't that what Bill Russell did with Wilt too? He wanted his deal like a dollar more or something like that. Oh, is that is that a, is that true? I didn't know that. I think that. so. That's tremendous. I love that. That's gonna start negotiating contracts. I want a do- who's the highest paid person here? I want a dollar more than Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, get the, Bye, out, get the hell out of my office. Uh, James Ham with us here. Uh, James, how are you feeling about the Kings and Minnesota tonight? Minnesota's a team I really started watching over the last couple of months because um, it was a team played the Kings the first time. Excuse me, when they played the second time at the Golden 1 Center. I wasn't really sure of, like I wasn't clear like what they were. And I'm much, much clearer now about what Minnesota is and what their strong suits are. What do you think about this matchup tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really tough matchup for the Kings. And we always talk about the length and athleticism of some of these teams. That, And this is the, you know, probably the longest team you're going to face. The one difference I think is, I would point out that um, I think they have a, they don't have an advantage over teams like the Clippers or say, I don't know, the Pelicans, is that they lack the physicality that we've seen from some of these teams that really give the Kings fits. So while they are long and super athletic, they aren't a team that really bullies you a bunch. And so I think that that's why it's, you know, they split the season series and it's kind of left a door open. I also, Jade McDaniels didn't play in the first game and that was a big deal. Jade McDaniels is a superb defender and he defends, you know, one through four probably. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he can go out and defend De'Aaron Fox is a big deal. And when he wasn't there, Fox kind of got loose. Uh, the next time out, it wasn't really the same. And so I'd be slightly concerned if, if Fox doesn't play, because that means that Jade McDaniels slides over and plays against Keegan Murray. And that could really damage what the Kings try to do tonight as well. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a tough matchup, man. It's a tough matchup, and one of the things that we we just kind of talked about, we talked a little bit about yesterday, talked a little bit about this uh, this afternoon, James was between the Denver and Minnesota games. I got the feeling that it's just like, man, just just get past these games. You want to win one and all this other stuff, but if you lose both of them, you lose both of them. Just get past them, and then. Your time to make a move starts when you come back home against Chicago with those 15 games uh, in the final 23 at that point being at home. That's going to be the determining factor of whether or not you can make this this playoff run, get the sixth seed, all this other stuff. Because you really, January and February, in my opinion, were just to stay above water 
And now this is the time to make the move. Yeah, I'm with you on there on that. This is one of those games. You know, we looked at this five game set and we said, hey, if the Kings can go three and two in this five game set, that would be amazing because mm-hmm. it's a really difficult set. They win the first two, then they fall apart in the next two. And you're looking at it like, OK, can they hold on and just make it two and three? The fact that two and three and three and two really isn't that big of a difference when you look at the group of games that they played. You know, when you look at that, you know, they had to beat the Clippers. They had to they had to go in against a, a really good Denver Nuggets team and, and got thumped. So if it ends up that they they lose three games here, I don't think it's the end of the world either. Um, but you got the the Warriors and the Lakers that are now breathing down your neck. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Like the the Kings are already they're in very precarious position when it comes to like the five through six, uh, five through eight grouping where you're hoping that they would somehow avoid the plan and it'd be a fifth or a six seed. Now that that group of four is looking a lot more like a group of six. Um, you know, the Kings are only a game and a half up on the Lakers. They're two games up on golden state. And while, yeah, they've got a whole bunch of home games coming up and they've got, you know, maybe a little bit easier schedule. It's not an easy schedule. Like mm-hmm. their schedule is still really difficult, still top 10, most difficult in the NBA to finish out. But there are winnable games, especially I look at this next group of 10. This will tell us whether the Kings are going to be a playoff team or not, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like a playoff, like a top six team? Like do they have it? Like the yeah. next 10 games yeah. will tell you if they have a chance to make the top six? Well, yeah, that. but I'd even tell you this, like, I don't like the Kings' chances against the Lakers or the Warriors in a play-in mm. series, in a play-in game, because it's one game, and they have LeBron James and Steph Curry, and they're going to get star calls, and you're not. And so you're going to have to outright beat those teams if you're going to make it, and that's not very very easy. That's that's going to be a very, very tall task. If somehow it's Fox. Dallas down there. What's that? We got De'Aaron Fox. Well, yeah, but the officials don't know that yet. Well, that's a good point. Yep, that's a good I point. Mean, I, yeah, that's a good like, point. That's a good that's fine. This, that's a good point. This is the NBA. This is I mean, let's not let's not act like everything is is on the up and up and easy peasy and, and just straight. I mean, that's not how it's ever called. So those guys are gonna get calls and the Kings are gonna have to win that game outright, and that's that's a tough that's a tough call. So that's, if I'm the Kings, I'd really like to be the number six seed or the number five seed, so I don't have to worry about any of that. I, I, I agree with you 100%, but I also look at, I mean, you got, you got to, to play. You know, like, if you played um, just throwing out a team out there, Memphis, you probably wouldn't be able to play bad and win. It don't matter who you play. You got to play good yeah. and win. And if you play good, yeah. you, you should win. So I want to avoid it regardless. I don't want any part of a play-in just because – I don't want nothing to do with a play-in. I don't want to see Steph. I don't want to see LeBron. I don't want to see Luka or KD just because they're all great. Um, but you're going to have to play good regardless of who you play and when you play. You're going to have to play good on Wednesday when you play the Lakers, let alone a, a play-in. So just yeah, it's no, asking I, to have. I agree. I agree. And like, But I think to win a play-in, you're going to have to play more than good. Like if you don't bring an A-plus game, you're going to lose. And that's just – that's the reality. Like there, there's no other way around it. Like you've got to play one of your best games of the season. And if you don't, you're, you're not going to advance. And that's a, it's a tough pill to swallow because it has like huge ramifications, like tremendous ramifications. What are the, so let's, let's go over this cause this sucks. So let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. What are the ramifications for the Kings missing the playoffs? Not, well, not, think, not the, not the, you know, ramifications we're going to work up in our head about the roster, but the actual real ramifications that we know now. Yeah, the real ramifications are that you you draft in 2024, and you have, I mean, it's first of all, it's it's not considered a good draft. So you could say, well, at least they get a draft pick, or maybe they could trade that draft pick. So there's that. Um, but the problem that you have is that you're in the same situation you were this year where your future draft picks are tied up. Mm -hmm. So if the Kings don't make the playoffs, then they draft their own pick in 2024. But that means that their 2025 and 26 are fully tied up and they can't even trade their 2027 pick. 
So if you're going to make a trade with somebody, if you're going to, you know, like if you're going to go into a competitive marketplace, the best you can offer is your contracts that you have, the players that you have, but you couldn't really offer anything other than potentially a 2027 first round pick, but it, that could also become a 2028. And it just limits who and what you can be and what you can, as far as like a buyer in a, in a very competitive market. And if you, if you somehow don't make, I mean, you do make the playoffs, your 2024 goes to Atlanta. And then on July 1st, you now have 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31. Your, all of your draft picks to play with, all your first round picks. And there is no like encumbered pick going forward. And that's where it becomes a big deal. Hmm. We want to make the playoffs, man. It, it, for, for what for you're trying to, yeah. What you're trying to yeah, build I mean, as a one. franchise. That you know you you want to make the make the playoffs because it puts everything on schedule, gets it gets things off schedule, but we when we was talking with Kyle, I don't know how much it changes if you don't make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. how how much does it really change? Because like I mentioned, it, the the pick situation and what you could do your flexibility, that that changes a bit, but we just we talked about earlier if you Kings go into the second round this year. Do you think they're not looking at trying to upgrade at the shooting guard spot and possibly the power forward spot the following year? I think I yeah, think it's right. the same situation. What you can like, how you can get there may be different, but the writing's on the wall. Well, yeah, but there's a big difference between having you know upwards of four first round picks to offer somebody versus having like two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the difference. And it's not just two. It's two, like, maybe we can give you a first-round pick in three years, but more likely, well, it could be four. That's kind of where you're at. And that's not a good situation to be in. Like, you don't have much to offer in, in order to change your roster. And, you know, I expect the roster to change too. But, like, look, if, if you don't make the playoffs, I, nothing is off the table. I mean, the Sacramento Kings, the same ownership group, same people who have been here doing stuff for the last 10, 11 years. So like, I don't know what it would mean, but I do know that, you know, we're hearing today. I, I know Damien, you saw it on Twitter. I, I, I've been hit up the same way you have like season ticket holders are seeing their season ticket renewals yeah. right now. Yeah. And they're seeing a, a 20% bump for some of the seats. And I don't know if that's across the board, but this team is, is charging fans like they did in the playoffs and like they did at the beginning of the season, like they're a championship contender. And that's not exactly going to fly for a whole long time when uh, when you're not producing the way that it you know as of right now that a lot of people expected. And now it's up to Mike to make sure that they do, and Aaron and Domas and Kevin yeah. and Harrison and like all Kagan. of them, everyone, yeah, everyone in a Kings yeah. uniform, yeah. It's up to them to start you know producing and getting to the point where. Uh, this team is a, it's a playoff team, uh, and and Kenny said a second ago, like they, they got their work cut out for for them, regardless of what uh, happens tonight. I don't know if you got a chance to hear our conversation with Chris Biederman uh, earlier today. Biederman wasn't super. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He wasn't super encouraged by the way De'Aaron looked at shoot around. De'Aaron went through shoot around, but he was like, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to judge De'Aaron because De'Aaron already kind of moves a certain way. Um, it's really hard to judge when you're looking for something. And uh, point being, Biederman didn't sound super encouraged uh, with how uh, De'Aaron looked at shoot around today. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the problem. I would like to tell you we know exactly what you know De'Aaron has, like. Right. They're listing it as a knee contusion, but we don't know if it's a bone bruise. We don't know if it's a deep thigh bruise. Like uh, there is no like determination on what exactly this is that he's dealing with. And so my point is, I don't know that there, I don't think that there's anything structurally he can do to, to injure this thing further, but you know, I I don't like saying, Oh, it's a pain tolerance issue. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, pain tolerance. Like it hurts so bad. You can't move. 
that's that's not a pain tolerance issue. So um, he is wearing a sleeve. Um, he does anytime he does get beat up like this, he always walks very like straight legged. Mm-hmm. And unless he's like in full game mode and like putting the car in like you know fourth gear and like heading to fifth gear, yeah, that's when you start to see him like kind of move through that. Like if not, he is a little stiff. He is that's just kind of who he is. Straight legged, stiff, very slow. <laughs> very very slow yeah. when he moves yeah yeah no and, and i think like look De'Aaron's gonna want to play he knows what's at stake here he knows how good that team is and and just really the dynamic if you have fox Jaden mcdaniels will likely slide out and cover fox that means that keegan murray is going to have a lot of opportunity if you don't have fox it takes away both of them because now Jaden mcdaniels is going to be the one who's trying to stop keegan murray and that might be possible where if not, it could be Anthony Edwards. It could be, I don't know, you know, Mike Connolly Jr., whoever it might be that would be defending Keegan. It's not going to be their best defender. And that's that's a big reason why De'Aaron Fox is so valuable to this team in every game, that he always draws the most difficult cover uh, from the other team, and it opens things up for other players. Well, talking to Biederman as well, um, Damian brought up a good point earlier where the Kings were a little, they were a little upset uh, after the game on Denver against Denver for a number of different reasons. And Damian and I agree with him, kind of took that as a good sign. It was one of the first times this year we felt like they didn't look at it as like, oh, it's one of 82 or, you know, happens, it's the league or whatever. Seemed like they were pretty upset. And it was a sign to both of us that, they understand the urgency of what's going on. Like it's not, it's not okay to lose any game, whether you're playing Detroit or Denver on the road or whatever. To do what we want to do, we have to step it up and, and play every game like it's a playoff game. And that was kind of encouraging to the both of us. You feel the same way about how they reacted to to losing that Denver game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think you should be splintering right now. And, you know, I don't love the comments by Kevin Herter because the stats tell a different story. Like, yeah, he wants to be out there more, but like in his 18 minutes, it wasn't good. So um, I I don't think Mike Brown did anything wrong pulling. It was at like the 837 mark of the third quarter. He pulled uh, Davion, Harrison, and Kevin. And then you looked up like three minutes later and the game was like a 28-point game. I mean, it's over. Yeah. And it was already 20 with those guys on the court. So right. it's not like things were going well. Uh, but again, I, if you have an issue, I don't think that that's, that's either the game or the area to really have that discussion with a media member. Um, he was frustrated. To- I'll stall him out a little bit. He was frustrated. He was frustrated with the yeah. way the team's playing. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not excusing it, James. Like I, I understand completely what you're saying. But I'm also – he's frustrated he didn't play. He couldn't help. He's also frustrated they just got their ass kicked. No, I totally agree. And, hey, look, he played 38 minutes a game before that. So it's not like this is like some trend that he's not playing and he wasn't there to save the team. Um, so, But, I, again, I don't want to see that splintering on a two-game road trip and like where you faced the champs who you'd beat three times already that year and, and had a f- full arsenal of players and mm. went at you, you know, that's, that's not where I think you typically would see someone voice our frustration. That's all I was saying because weren't the Kings going for like a, a three game road trip? Uh, well, no, no, a three game win streak or did they already blow the three game win streak? Now all my games are running in together. They were going um, for a three game win streak when they played Miami. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So anyway, like, look. Uh, yeah, now they're looking at a three-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah. things move fast in the NBA. Well, they moved fast for the Sacramento Kings. This has, like, been their entire season. Like, I don't I don't know how else to describe them. This is they're consistently inconsistent. They are. Um, they are. And I think we're we're waiting for something that we haven't really seen yet this year. And I think it's that consistency. Whether the consistency starts tonight or it starts on Monday when they take on Chicago, um, you know there's a Chicago game next week. There's also a really, really important Los Angeles Lakers game, and then mm-hmm. there's the San Antonio Spurs, 
who beat the hell out of the Oklahoma City Thunder last night, who really challenged the Kings uh, on HBCU night a couple of Thursdays ago on the second night of a back-to-back. So there's 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 going to be challenges facing this team, but that's that's part of this. You could do the old the old football gimmick, like how many the Giants come to mind, the the Steelers. There's a number of teams who yeah, the playoffs started for them in week eleven. Mm-hmm. If hey, you want a rallying cry, the playoffs start for you right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I said that earlier. I said this is a playoff game. Well, I stole your, uh, I stole your, I stole your line, then, James. Oh, there it is, thieving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it on the insiders. One of the keys to the game was, show. like, like, look, this is, this is straight up. It's a playoff game. Like that's what position you put yourself in, and like you think, you think you want to. If you want to be there, you got to do what it takes to get there. You've got to buckle down. You can't have games where you just completely let go of the rope, which is what we saw the other night. Like, whatever happened there, I mean, they were they were strong for about, like, 14 minutes, and then it was just a disaster. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a, a Minnesota team that's playing, played really well all season long, but they also, they, they're kind of like the Kings. They haven't really been here. They have, it was like the Kings last year, where the Kings hadn't really been to a third seed. They haven't been up that high in the standings, and you know, decades. And so all of a sudden you're in a different like area where teams are coming after you, but also the, the, like the basketball improves from some teams, the basketball goes downhill from other teams. Uh, lots of teams start resting players and you're one of those teams that is, is trying to do something. And, you know, if you're Minnesota, this is a team you probably want to focus on, they beat you at home, one of the few home games that the the Timberwolves have lost. But also, it's a team that you could match up in the first round. You know, if, if somehow the Kings do make it in through a play-in and, and they're the eighth spot, Minnesota could be the one. If they're the seventh spot, Minnesota could be the two. So you've got to put a, your best effort out there every time you step on the court, especially against a team that, you know, is going to remember what happens tonight. Uh, so... The streets were saying, James. Streets, you were pretty down on the on the Kings after that Nuggets loss. For those who didn't hear, what specifically after that loss had you feeling like it was a little bit more than just a, a loss or a one game situation? It was indicative of a little bit more, possibly. Um, no, I, I don't know that 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 that's the case. Like, um, like that. I, I expected them to lose that game. Like I, Damian and I both were on the same page with that game. I expected them to, to get blown out. I don't like the way that some of the players played. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't like some of the, the vibe. I, I mean, certainly the vibe coming out of the game. I don't like at all. Um, I wasn't particularly um, excited to see Demona Sabonis go back in the game late. And while I say that I was, I did appreciate Mike Brown putting Keegan Murray back in the game because I understood that. I didn't understand Domas going back in. Um, yes, you did. We haven't really. Yes, well, I mean, I understood I mean... it. Yeah, but I'm not risking the reason. I mean, in all honesty, the reason why you don't put him out there is because at that point in the game, if the other team is unloading their bench and you're unloading your bench, you now have players on the court that are, you know, G League players or two way players or you know, sort of the back end of your, some young guys that can make mistakes and hurt somebody. Yeah. And one of your young players flew in and, you know, carved up your, your star big man. And uh, he had to go get stitches. Um, As far as like some of the play, like I I wasn't impressed with, with Davion. Um, I, you know, that to, to me again, it's, it has nothing to do with him making shots. When he makes shots, great. I mean, it's like applaud. Yes. But it's just that he didn't look like he was in the right spots all the time on defense. I mean, on, on offense, I thought defensively he did what he could against Jamal Murray, and Jamal was just too big, too strong, and, and went over the top of him. But on the offensive end, he just kept, like, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, if he's not in a pick-and-roll situation, he's kind of in trouble. And I, I was still surprised by it because, you know, it's not like he didn't know he was he was going to, start he had a good idea you know the kings know a lot more about whether De'Aaron fox is playing or not uh than we do right now and you know so it's not like davion didn't have an understanding 
but he wasn't the only one. Like the, there were other players that struggled in that game that you're just kind of like, look, that was an opportunity and you didn't really take advantage of it. And I feel that that happens too many times where Chris Duarte, I thought did take advantage of the opportunity before he got poked in the eye early. I thought he was good. And then when he came back in the game in the fourth, it's like, okay, one man wrecking crew. That's fine. Um, you know, I, I thought he played better. So, um, it's just tough. Again, like we've had this conversation too many times with when it comes to Davion and, and I don't think he's a bad player. I just think it's a, it's a tough fit and they don't, they just don't play his style of basketball. And, uh, you know, that's why I, I think that they kicked the tires on DeLon right at the, at the trade deadline. And they probably should have looked, they should probably should have been more aggressive at that position. We'll come back. Uh, James will tell us more why he hates the Sacramento Kings uh, as we prepare for the Kings and the Timberwolves tonight. That's what a Ramsey, too. It's like, so? <laughs> more with the insider from the insiders, our man James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, guys. Before we get back into the Kings, um, there's just some things that we have to take care of. Okay. Simple as that. Um, I was mentioned on on Twitter by none other none other than our guy Mitch. He said at IMK Diddy, good imitation by Kyle. Great to have fun while my hip is killing me on my first day of retirement. So then Miss Mac Ten says, Happy retirement, Mitch. And Mitch says, Thank you, Sonia. Still waiting on Casey and Damien to wish the same from their big chairs. Happy retirement, Mitch. I, yeah, happy Mitch, retirement, we, Mitch. Like Give him air horns. Give him air horns, man. Mitch. Happy retirement, big dog. It's, it's 6.30 Eastern time. Do you think he's listening? <laughs> well, he sent this 21 minutes ago. No, maybe he's listening. Poor hey, guy's yeah. on the DL. Happy retirement, Mitch. Poor guy hurt his hip on his first day of retirement. I'm not laughing. That's well, that's like the Mitch story, though. Mitch, how's your retirement going? Oh, I blew out my hip my first day. <laughs> no? There you go. I, I, I agree with this sentiment right here from David Jackson. <laughs> Mitch, please. Mitch. Mitch, you're you that guy, man. Hope you're enjoying retirement, man. Enjoying the, the grandson. Uh, all that good stuff, man. Hammer, I think you just looked up the injury report and dates there regarding De'Aaron Fox and Anthony Edwards. No, I'm still waiting for the dated, updated. Oh, the new one hasn't report. dropped. Okay, I got yeah, it, it should have already dropped. But uh, welcome to the NBA. I'm well, guessing De'Aaron's a game time decision, similar to what he was last time. Yeah, is there is yeah. there a uh, belief maybe from both of you guys that just if it if it's a game time decision, just don't play him and wait till you get back home on Monday. Give him an extra – if he's sore like that, give him an extra two days or something like that. I don't know well, if I would. Yeah, if I was De'Aaron, I'd, I'd leave it up to him. Yeah, if I was De'Aaron, yeah. I'd, I'd want to play. 
Yeah, but that's what I do then. People, you know, you know, but you know how people are no, nowadays. I know. They're like, hey, we'll just give him the extra day, give him an extra forty-eight hours or something like that. But, yeah, I feel like Fox, though. <laughs> no, hmm. I'm gonna play. That's yeah, that's I my mean, opinion. Huh? players know their bodies better better than anyone else. So again, this is a it's a bruise. So if he can play and he feels comfortable, then he'll play. And if not, I don't have any problems with him not playing. I mean, like, look, I I once watched. I think Marcus Thornton missed twenty games with the with the deep thigh bruise, mm. just couldn't shake it. And you know, so if it's if it's something like that, maybe. Uh, but you know, either way, he he hit knees pretty good with uh with Hawkes. So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess we'll find out when the NBA feels like telling us. <laughs> This is a five o'clock start. What time is it in Minnesota? I think it it's a five o'clock start tonight. It's a five o'clock. It's poor. Uh, I mean, whatever. But poor Chicago Bulls fans and Chicago Bulls. They got to play a nine o'clock game tonight because <laughs> they're the Why? late game on ESPN. They couldn't find a game west of the Mississippi that they could put in the late game. Oh wow! So they're playing at seven p.m. Pacific in that Chicago. Is bizarre. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah, um, the uh, the injury report just came out, and it's the same. So they're both still questionable. Okay. Well, if De'Aaron yeah. can't play, I say Anthony. Edwards that that's can't only play. fair. That's 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 only fair. Um, and I assume all indications are it, Domas is fine. Just stitches from the young elbow that shredded his face like an old UFC fight. Isn't it on like his forehead? Is he going to have to wear a headband tonight? No, I think it's his cheek. It's going to look like Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of on his his cheek. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't – yeah, I think Domas will be fine. No concussion protocol. (laughs) (laughs) Concussion, that that would be tragic. Um, (laughs) Like Mason Jones plays like 13 minutes in one game, gets a tech in another (laughs) – and and cost you Demonis Simonis. That would not not be great. <laughs> um, what's the uh, what do you think the message is from Mike? There's there was rumblings that there was a pretty lengthy film session uh, yesterday. What do you what do you think the message is that he's trying to get across to these guys right now? Huh. I mean, is it at still a certain... defense, defense, defense? No, if I'm him, I mean, at this point, I mean, somebody put out the stats when they score, what is it, 120 or more? Like their their record is really, really good. Like he just got to, whatever the, like the confines you've put on this team to, to slow them down or to, you know, like the, to take away who they were last year, just like strip all that down right now. Just go, just go play. Stop thinking. Just start, just start, you know, playing the game instinctively, which is exact exactly what they did last year. You know, they it's a read and react offense. Just go out there and and find yourself. And because even if you lose this game, at least make it a competitive loss. Make it a, a loss that you feel like you were right there and you could have done something. And so when you walk into this homestand that's coming up and all these home games, you at least have something to build on. And, and some sort of identity to build on. And I'm not saying stop playing defense. What I'm saying is that this team should be in a lot of like high scoring games and they're just not. Mm. And, you know, they need to get the ball out of the basket and get up court. And they, they need to like, they need to get in transition as much as possible. And they need to play with a, a much more uh, like a sense of urgency that we had just haven't seen consistently. And so that's kind of where I would be if I was Mike, um, you know, but who knows? I mean, I, I really do feel like they, they've they kind of made excuses for the fact that that their offense isn't as good as it was last year. And that's what I look at. There aren't any reasons like, you know, there are reasons and there are excuses for me. There there are only excuses why this offense is not high octane and, and flying all over the place like it was last year and that you need to get back to it, you know, whether it's like more pick and rolls or more DHOs or, or guys just hitting their shots and they need to figure it out in my book. Yeah. It's, you worry about all that other stuff that 
you're trying to improve on and all this other stuff. You worry about that in the offseason and next year and maybe with different guys. Right now, it's time to get back to basics, almost akin to what happened after the Houston games. Remember when Domas came to practice not wanting to hear anything from Jake and, uh, <laughs> and you know, talk about they had some discussions about the offense. You know, and a lot of people believe that he, he talked about, hey, let's get back to running the plays that were working last year. It's time to do more of that. Yeah. Like, get back to what you guys are comfortable with, what you know, and what has been proven to be effective, and write that all the way to the to the end of the season. Yeah, I also they need to start realizing when like when someone's got the hot hand, and I just like all season long I felt that way that they they don't know how to ride the hot hand, and we saw it even with this uh, with with the Denver loss. Man, Keegan Murray was on fire, and then. You went away from him and maybe he didn't do a good enough job to get open or maybe it was just situational, but at some point he can't be situational anymore. You you have to actually force feed mm-hmm. and say, look, we, if you don't step up in this moment, we're going to lose this game and our best path forward is with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's something that, you know, we've seen it even with Harrison, you know, Harrison finishes a game like six of eight from the field. That shouldn't happen. You know, if, if you've hit six of eight, you need to hit 10 of 14. You know, that's that's something that this team doesn't do a good job of recognizing. And maybe it's that other teams are taking some things away, but I just feel like look, this team is slightly predictable and slightly one-dimensional when it comes to the offensive end right now. It's, you know, a ton of three-point shots. If you're hitting your three-point shots, you got a shot. Uh, but just like we saw in the Denver game where, you know, you hit seven of 10 in the first quarter, you miss all your all 10 in the second quarter and the game's over and you just can't be that team. This team was like way too good on the offensive end last year. People forget they didn't just, they weren't just a great three point shooting team. They led the league in two point field goal percentage as well. Mm. And they got to the line a bunch and they hit their free throws. These are like who you were as a team. Like the, the lack of identity still is still like slightly jarring to me. Who do you hold responsible for them being so predictable on the offensive end? I don't know. Hmm. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's like certain, like they now have a book on you for sure. You know, we talked a little bit of, about like the Miami heat, you play the Miami heat, you play them twice a year. So when they throw this wackadoodle, like crazy zone at you that no one else uses it, it can throw you for a loop, especially when you're on the second night of a back to back and you didn't have a big walkthrough to like sit there and kind of figure it out and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the more you play against that, the better you are against it. And the Kings, uh, they're a team that teams have now played multiple times. They understand what's coming. They understand what Sabonis means to the team and what Fox likes to do their tendencies. And, you know, the, you know, the, the DHO that Kevin Herter runs, they're, they're figuring out different ways to defend some of this stuff. But at the same time, I think the Kings have missed like an abnormal amount of open looks. And so I can't just blame it on the, the league figuring you out. There are certain teams that know exactly how to slow down Demontis Sabonis. And, but then you get to most of these other games and they don't. So you, the Kings need to do a better job of moving the ball and, and moving around the court you know, they're, they're getting stagnant. They, they've got to stop with all that and they have to use tempo, use pace, get out, move. You got a fast team. Yeah. Uh, James, you, you hit the nail on the head with my favorite random stat ever is getting the wide open looks and they seem to be generating the same uh, amount of wide open looks this year than they had that they did last year. They're just not consistently hitting um, those same looks for whatever reason. And I, I do believe as long as they continue to generate those type of looks, um, you always, you're always going to at least have the opportunity. You know, that's, that's what you ask for. You're going to get those same looks. You're going to have the opportunity to knock them down. Will they knock them down? We'll see. You know, on a consistent basis, we'll see. But the offense is working to some degree if they're able to continue to generate those open looks. No, I think it is. I, I mean, maybe it is just that the pe- players need to be more locked in and they need to hit their shots. 
You know, I, I part of it is that they just aren't as good shooting the three this year. And then, you know, on the defensive end, you know, they're still, they've got things that make them a hot mess all the time, but um, you know, the, the improvement, the maintain and improve thing. And I don't think at this point we can say they've even maintained. We, we've kind of hit a point where you're looking at them in a different light than you did even last year, where, you know, there, there isn't a lot of semblance of the same group and, and the same, sort of mentality. So we'll see though, because this is one of those games, you know, Kyle talked about this uh, earlier. The Kings, every time they're up against spots like this, where you kind of just felt like, Oh, well, they're probably going to lose this game. That's when they stepped up and beat teams last year. And it's even when they stepped up and beat teams earlier this year, like, like Minnesota, you know, they lost the two games in a row to new Orleans and they had that six game road trip. And the last game, the six game road trip, we're all thinking, okay, Final game, probably going to get thumped by a Timberwolves team that hasn't lost at home. And the Kings went in there and found a way. So if if that's who we see tonight, like the gritty fire back at you Kings, then that would be a whole lot more like convincing, like heading into this final like 24 games. And I think that's the concern. I mean, you go back to that game in November uh, when they beat the Timberwolves. Darren had 36 in that one. Mm. Man, a lot of they played. That was one serious. of the best games they played all year. That that game when they beat Minnesota, they were they were fantastic on offense and frustrated them on, on the defensive end as well. Yeah, and no Jaden McDaniels in that game. No, Kevin Herter. No, who are they missing? I think Keegan. There's no Keegan, huh? There's no Keegan. Yeah, Herter started. No. Harrison started. Domas started. Because I'm looking at Duarte because there's a big zero in the far right column. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Chris Duarte played 21 minutes, didn't score. I'm like, wait a minute. Kevin Herter played. Who didn't play? <laughs> Keegan was out in that first game against Minnesota. Mm. Hmm. And you got you got 10 points from – I shouldn't have chuckled Duarte. You got 10 points from Kessler Edwards in that game. Mm-hmm. 17 yeah, from, see- from Domas. You got you – got, that second unit played really, really well in that game. Yeah, but the Kings' second unit hasn't played really well in a while. So that's that was that was kind of leading us to the next thing. Is it's like that's one you know a conversation we've had a couple of times this week, and you know plenty of people have called in and said it felt like last year team had depth and the depth was performing. Mm-hmm. This year it feels like I just I, I you know you pull up this past Minnesota game they went 124 111 there might not be very many games that you can pull up where it looks like you get you get damn near three guys off the bench I say damn near cuz Trey had nine damn near three guys off the bench having double figures. Yeah, yeah I think the bench scored 45 in that game including Kessler yeah, I, Edwards who may not have played since then. <laughs> I don't even remember the last yeah. time we saw Kessler Edwards. The Warriors. I game. need to see Kessler in this game. <laughs> like in this game tonight like he he is a good matchup because that's the second time they played Minnesota. Jaden McDaniels did play and he got loose. He he hit the Kings for like 20 points um, and and was really impactful on the defensive end. So that's a good matchup. I, I also I like Kessler against uh, like run him out there against Cat for a few minutes. That's not bad. Uh, they just have a lot of weird matchups too. Like Nas Reed is a tough guy. Who Who is going to defend Nas Reed on on this team? I mean, maybe Trey Lyles, but. I don't know. That's a tough one. Alex Lynn time, baby. Yeah. Carl Anthony Lynn. Towns was four or five from three in that game. Mm. The one they lost. Mm. Was the one in Minnesota. In that yeah. one. The one in Minnesota, yeah. The one at, in Sacramento, that was that was a frustrating game because they didn't really Kings Kings were below a hundred. That was one of their games where yeah. they were below a hundred. And they had to like they, they had they had almost a Miami like comeback to get that game to maybe like six with four minutes to go, and then Minnesota pulled away again. But they, they struggled in that one. Bench had 20 in that one versus, would you say a second ago, James, 40 in the first one? 45. I yeah. think that was the number. Yeah, they had yeah. 20 in this one. Um, another big performance from De'Aaron. Uh, Keegan played really well, triple-double uh, from Domas. And a bad herder game. A really, really bad herder game. 15 minutes. One of seven. Mm. That was in the Sacramento. Sacramento game. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're they're an interesting squad. I, I think again, they don't have Kyle. Well, Kyle Anderson is doubtful tonight. That can be big for the Kings too. Yeah. 
Kyle Anderson. I, I don't know why Kyle Anderson gives anyone problems. Like I just, it's kind of like, you know, going up against a knuckleball pitcher. Actually, <laughs> it's I, really incredible. His yeah. shot is really one of the most incredible things in the entire league. It really is. Kyle compared him to Jamie Moyer, the old pitcher, uh, yeah, the who pitched till he was like 49 yeah. and just like lobbed the ball like the whole time. And you're like, how in the world is this working? And uh, like, that's, yeah, that's exactly what, uh, what Kyle Anderson does. He just like slowly beats you and it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Well. Hmm. I'm hoping they I'm hoping they show up and play well today regardless of who who plays. I was really encouraged and hyped watching the beginning the first quarter and a half on Wednesday <laughs> and it was pretty deflating that it just died. But you know what killed I I was perfectly fine watching that basketball game. Like they're playing well. Mm-hmm. And then I don't I don't remember if it was the TV graphic or the computer. I was like, "Oh, there's 7 of 10 from 3." Okay, well, that's not going to continue. So can they strike a middle point? Mm -hmm. And the emphatic answer was no. We're going to go from white hot to ice cold. Mm. And it was one of the, we do this, how how many times, I think we did this one of the Detroit games, I can't remember which one it was, where I think Detroit started really, really hot in the first quarter. Yeah, the the one in Detroit. And it was like this. Okay, mm. that's not going to continue. Right. So what? Then they score forty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first. <laughs> so I feel like Denver was like, <laughs> they're not going to keep doing this. <laughs> and sure enough, they missed their next like twelve. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, according to our friend Chris Biederman, De'Aaron Fox will go through his pregame routine before determining his status tonight with a left knee contusion. Did the same thing on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what, All right. It should be an interesting game. I, I imagine Anthony Edwards is probably doing something similar. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Anthony Edwards role. Is it, is it the ankle from the other night? Yes. Yeah, oh, it is. Okay. I'd imagine mm-hmm. he's going through the same thing. Is this their first game back? No, they played a, they played, he played like the next night. They had a back to back. Oh, okay. and he played. Okay. But, I, you know, I guess they were still saying, you know, questionable. Okay. Hmm. He may have still had some adrenaline <laughs> that that, ne- that next game. Um, I didn't know they played the He next doesn't game. really miss games. Yeah. He's I, tough. I, Anthony Edwards, he's missed, I think, three games on the season. It's a good ba- – that's a really good basketball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a, you know, a dumb statement given their record at the top of the Western Conference. But I think there were a lot of questions about them entering the year. There were people dissecting their schedule, like, oh, they haven't played any good teams yet. I wasn't even sure who they were when they came to the Golden One Center in December. It was after that game that I was like, you need to pay a little bit more attention to the squad. They're good, man. Ant-Man, the following night, they played Memphis, played 40 minutes, 34 points. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is playing tonight. (laughs) Yeah, probably. He's playing tonight. All right, well, like I said, they just got to play good. Hey. More importantly, just get past this game. <laughs> well, get past it. Get past this game. Get a win. Why not? Yeah. Get a win. When, when we come, and you do get an extra day off this weekend. Yeah, so, so that's the other thing. Yeah, they, they they have the whole weekend off. You won't miss anything. We'll be back Monday to get you ready for Chicago. When we step out of Memorial Auditorium tonight, I want to see – that beam oh, in the sky. Oh, yeah. I want to see that beam in the sky one yeah, time. There's the a lot of out-of-towners coming out of here do, for do this uh, concert. For when we I want them to see that, that that beam in the sky. When we step into the Memorial Auditorium, be pretty damn yeah, close, right? pretty close. Be pretty close. Mm. We can start like yeah, being chance Come on. as we're walking well, in. We've, we're, we'll, get font, we'll get sued. <laughs> we're not allowed to talk at this concert tonight. <laughs> There are yeah, James. Radio stations across this region hate D'Lo and Casey. <laughs> you just have to hop on stage. It's sign language or something, I guess. Oh, we're gonna be on stage. We we just guys don't say anything. We'll give them pictures. You guys can't say anything. That's crazy. They'd be like, you can't say a word. You don't even, what, what if we, don't we just know start? Who we are. What like, if we just start yelling without the mics? Does that count? These people. <laughs> clown. Behavior. Very confused with what's happening. Here. Clown. No, they're behavior. scared of us. No. J- well, James, this is what I encourage. James, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm- that 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 starts at ten o'clock too. By the way, that starts at ten o'clock. Oh, this is yeah, this is the that inside ain't just, of- that ain't just twelve o'clock. Yeah, no. That's at 
10 o'clock. We had a presentation today in class where we went over graphs and what numbers yeah. mean. And that when people tweet stupid stuff, they're gonna we're gonna start throwing receipts out. <laughs> this, James, is a receipt. And it's funny because okay, you know what? We ain't doing this. Mm-mm. Nope. No, we ain't doing this. This is how the show started. This is not gonna be how the show ended. We're headed into a huge night for D Lo and KC and one oh two five. We're headed out to the Sacramento Memorial Auditorium. Oh, go ahead, James. Put that on. James, put Fedora hands. Hey. Oh yeah. They're going to be we ain't for, playing. Hey, Fedora Delos in the house tonight. <laughs> Fedora Delos in the house tonight. Just relax. Let's yeah, have a good, let's have a good Friday. Let's have a good Saturday. That's good what it is. We're going to have a great weekend. And I think we got uh, Kings coverage coming up next. We got mm-hmm. Purple and Black mm-hmm. uh, pregame show on the way. And then we'll be back here on Monday mm-hmm. uh, to get you ready for a huge week yes. of Kings basketball yes. that includes. Chicago, the Los Angeles Lakers, mm. another uh, visit from the San Antonio Spurs, uh, all during the work week next week. So we have got you covered. Uh, appreciate you making us a part of your day. Appreciate you making us a part of your week. And we will see you back here Monday beginning at 10 a.m. with the insiders on Sacramento Sports Leader. I said Sacramento Sports Leader. That's right. ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings, light the beam. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.